welcome back to the final episode of Sartorial Splendor for 2020. I'm Corey. John is back with me again. Hello, everyone. It's been a hot minute. (laughs) (laughs) But they're back with me because we are talking about the end of the year in fragrance. Yes, for now, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about just the overview of the year. Obviously, how this has been different in obvious ways. Um, some expected, some not expected. But overall, I think there was just still a lot on the table for people who are really into fragrance. And it continues to be a very dynamic time um, in so many aspects of, of the fragrance world. So, yeah, I'm really excited to get into it. Also, before you know, we're off to the races, let's do a really quick scent check. John, what are you wearing right now? Um, so I just put on my first, what I could say is like my first uh, signature scent because it, I've been looking for something that could fit that mold for a long time. And it ended up being Nightingale by Zoologist this year. Just a very beautiful um, sort of plum blossom floral scent with a with a robust woods and ambergris base. Uh, really straddles the line between being something very vintage, but also reinventing um, that that entire idea behind like a, a um, powdery floral fragrance and one that sort of defies gender in a way too, which is, which is a really um, pleasant experience in fragrance whenever I strike it for sure. Um, So what's your, what's your fragrance that you're wearing currently, Corey? So this is kind of a funny story back. Oh, I want to say, was it October, early October? I was uh, over on Mazur's, Maggard, Mazards. I always want to say Mazards, Mazards. See, this is the problem. I learn stuff and it's never right in my head. But once my brain commits it to memory, it is almost impossible for me to unlearn it. It's Maggard razors, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> not Mazards. I don't know where I even got Mazards from, but it's Maggard razors. And early October, I was browsing them because I really discovered this year i love colognes so i was viewing their very lovely collection and i came upon this one brand called chiseled face and there was this cologne called midnight stag do you remember that one i i do <laughs> so i wrote a review on this because i read the description on it and i was like oh yeah well my lady bits are gonna order it and there's nothing you can do about it and then i wound up really liking it and now i have like three different fragrances for them so <clears throat> <laughs> it all works out in the end. I'm the clown, but I actually really enjoy it. It's very bold and smoky and a little bit leathery, a little bit burnt rubber. It just, I, I wrote a review for it on the site and I was like, it reminds me of like that really good pitmaster smell and it lasts for a very long time too. Just don't spray it on light clothes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. And I totally hear you when you're talking about those kind of notes. Cause I feel like that's been a huge turning point for me too. I've, I've found a lot of, um, I found a lot of leathery smoky scents this year in particular that I really ended up enjoying. So I'm definitely, I'm excited to get my nose on that soon. So I feel like we should probably uh, call out the big elephant in the room as far as what affected this year in fragrances. And it's called COVID-19. Yep. And a lot of us are used to wearing fragrances out of the apartment and around other people and for special occasions and for socializing. 
And for a lot of us this year, that just really didn't get to happen. So it kind of forced us to reevaluate, I think, you know, how much do I like fragrances? I know some of us are just like, you know what? I really enjoy wearing it. I'm going to join the Tin Spray Club or I'm going to join the I will wear eight fragrances at a time and don't give a fuck. (laughs) I mean, I joined the I will wear eight fragrances at a time and don't give a fuck club. But it really, I think it kind of made us redefine our relationship with fragrance because if you're the type of person that only wore it out for social occasions because you're thinking about like you know what other people are going to think your relationship with fragrance maybe went to the back burner this year a little bit versus people who were just like I really enjoy these and I just want to keep exploring and have more intimate experiences with them I think the rest of us kind of nosedived off nosedived off a cliff (laughs) (laughs) yeah certainly I know my relationship with fragrance changed a lot um in the most obvious ways being that yes when I wear fragrance it isn't for anyone else um and I realized that there are certain fragrances that uh there there's like a balancing act right you think about it not only from your own perspective but also your social perspective so when the social perspective is completely gone um the fragrances that used to appeal to you partially because you thought other people would enjoy them around you or they'd be especially accept like accessible not necessarily Mm -hmm. like looking for compliments in the standard way that gets portrayed but rather this is something i'm gonna wear and people around me are going to like it or at least not be offended by it right Um, that that element fell off and for that reason and i'll get more into this later um not to open the can of worms but my little bottle of Aventus I got like five years ago or something, um, complete like it. I don't think I've sprayed it once uh, this year, and I I just realized that I was never wearing that fragrance, even though I don't mind it. I was never wearing that fragrance for me. I was wearing it for other people, um, and I think I think that really shaped. That was completely shaped by COVID, and and the other big effect I realized is because I'm working at a computer, working remotely, and I have access to my entire perfume collection. My big habit has been less about wearing a lot of fragrances and more about going on these constant testing sprees where I'll sit down and I'll work. And while I'm doing my work for the day, I'll just have like seven or eight tester strips and check in on them all the time, like very obsessively, but also like going on in the background, not very disruptive to my work. So my patterns of, of wearing fragrance, testing fragrances, and also what I wear have dramatically shifted because of uh, COVID. I know, like I've sent you sample batches with a good eight to 10 vials and it's I'll send them out Jeremiah he'll send them for me he'll come back he's like okay they're on their way and then John they come back to me like hey I've got them and I'm like okay (laughs) it's a good week before you know for me to work through my stuff because if I go through it all at once I just go in Nosmic John no I get a notification from them like that night hey i went through all of them here's what i (laughs) think and i'm just like through this whole process i put it together jeremiah mails them out john gets them and then it's just like done within eight hours (laughs) (laughs) i i just get so excited um and i think one of the things that yeah as i said like the ability to have almost every workday as an opportunity to smell and like test these fragrances like Normally, I might want to spread it out, but then now it's like, oh, I can test this fragrance five times in the week if I'm very curious about it. Um, and that, I think, has uh, has played into my lack of restraint. But it is really funny because I will get an 
insurmountable amount of fragrances and then surmount it within like half a day. See, and I was like this at the beginning of the year when I was like, oh, well, this is the perfect time to try stuff. And I'd get in a lot of them and I'd tear through them. And now I'm like, I want to savor them. So John, like they'll send me a sample pack and I can maybe get through all of them in three weeks. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just like, I'm going to take my time and I'm going to savor them. And maybe I don't want to trial something today. Maybe I just want to wear something I know I like from my admittedly uh, growing collection. I will say like, if you are a fraghead that decided you liked fragrances for you, I think there's a good chance that your collection bloomed yeah, this year. Yeah, even-minded for sure. <laughs> but um no like john they sent me i just got a surprise package from them yesterday so i'm like oh this is nice i might get through this by new year's <laughs> yeah was it yesterday I mean, or was it the day before i think it was i think it was uh yesterday okay yeah it was it was in the last 48 hours let's mm-hmm. let's put it that way but i got a package from john and i'm just like well I will get through this. I still haven't gotten through the last round of Olympic orchid vials I got, but you know, it's okay. To to be fair, I can't get those vials open to test them. So in my defense, it's not for lack of wanting to, but my poor thumbs, I'm just like, I can't do this to my thumbs anymore. Trying to grip the vial and pull that cork out. I'm afraid it's going to shatter at this point. Yeah. That's, that's been a huge uh, impact as well. Like I, I haven't struggled with files that much. Like this seems like kind of its own special situation. But even with that being said, I aggressively seek out spray samples at this point. I'm just getting the little vial off, trying not to spill it. Remember putting it, put the stopper back on the threat of it spilling everywhere. It's, (laughs) it's worn me down over all those tests. I will say this year has been really good for giving out samples to other people like i talked about jeremiah because i don't really go out since i'm a little bit more my health is more at risk if i were to get covid it would probably not be so great for me Mm -hmm. so jeremiah he does he has made so many trips to like the post office or fedex or usps for me this year just sending like if you guys got a sample pack from me at any point during this year give a silent thank you to jeremiah because he's the one who sent them out for me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i have a lot of thank you so thankfully <laughs> it's it's been a very good year for training samples that has definitely been something i've enjoyed well and i do think it's just because those of us who do enjoy fragrance we've been like what what else are we gonna do so we've just kind of indulged in that hobby and it's like oh well we'll start buying more lucky scent samples or we'll buy explorer kits or we'll go to the websites and buy little sample vials so I think a lot of us have a sample hoard at this point (laughs) Mm -hmm. that we're trying to keep under control. So it's just like, oh, that's great. I'll give him away. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because like he's got to go back. I have three boxes now that I put together today that I still have of samples to send out. And this is not including John's latest pack. Like you're probably getting this in like New Year's. Sorry. (laughs) No, it is all good. But. I think as far as like the community aspect of that, I do think there's been a lot more sharing this year just because we've been home more. So we've explored more and we have more that's either worked for us or it hasn't worked for us. And we either want to rehome it to somebody who could like it, or we really, really like it. And we want somebody else to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've experienced that a lot and I, we'll get into this more later, 
but I've, I've noticed when I was looking through like the for granted releases for 2020 that I haven't smelled many of those because in-person testing and department stores is usually how I get access to like all these popular designer fragrances that are being talked about and that's been cut off. But on the other hand, I feel like everyone's had the time and space to investigate things on their own terms um, that are not necessarily from this year, but really dive deep. And that process of sharing, um, it has led to me often sending off samples. I'm like, I really like this. I like it so much that I really want someone else to try it, even if it means I don't have a sample until I get like a decant. That's just, I don't know. It's it's encouraged more uh, generosity where I, I think... I used to be, I used to hoard my samples like because I wanted this library that was more available to me at any given time, which I still do. Mm-hmm. But it's put a little more perspective into the, um, into the opportunities that sharing has. Well, yeah, I know like John, they sent me a sample of Montal's, what was it, Intense Cafe? Mm-hmm. I think that I really, really enjoyed. And I, Montal is so weird. Like I, yes. they, they make things that I should not like whatsoever with notes that I hate, but I wind up loving. So, you know, four for you, Montal. But Montal. I do think it's like one of the positive things overall from 2020 is I do think there's been a lot more of kind of fragcom has been talking to each other more because, you know, what else are we going to do? So we've mm-hmm. made more connections within the community. And then, like you said, we've been more generous with, oh, somebody wants to try something. Well, I've got a sample of it that I'm not using. I can send it on to them or they know I want to try something. So they'll send me a sample or they'll be like, oh, hey, I just tried this new thing. And I remember you saying this was your wheelhouse and I think you might like it. So I think there's obviously this year is sucked, but there have been some positives. Yeah, as as you said, implied, I, the, the negatives are still like huge, but um, I think there's... What's, what's great is that we're always going to be able to uh, make the most in one way or another, or at least see someone else make the most and maybe fall in their footsteps. Mm-hmm. That said, I do want to talk about two categories for both of us. Fragrances that we started the year off really enjoying, and now by the end of 2020, we're just kind of like, eh, I could give you away and not miss you. And then fragrances that were either not on our radar or we just didn't really pay much attention to or care for at the beginning of 2020. And now we're like, I need a full bottle of this in my collection. Yeah. And there's, that's happened a lot to me this year. Uh, as I hinted earlier, um, I learned, and Ventus was never really that high on my, um, on my radar. It's, I feel like it's been talked to death. Um, but for me, it was one of those things that I really realized, oh, I'm not wearing this for me. So that disappeared. Uh, and the same thing happened with uh, a bottle I got recently, which is a little, which is kind of a bummer because I don't get bottles that often. It was, it was expensive, but I ordered uh, Nasamato Black Afghano, which is a fragrance that I wear to like go out and it has like, it has a lot of personality, but at the same time, it's very smooth. So I wore it out as like a kind of like half sexy, half approachable sort of thing. And then I realized when I got it, that was very limiting when I, if I was only wearing it for myself, I was just like half of its appeal was gone. Um, that part of how I was wanting to present myself to other people just didn't come into the picture at all. And the opposite happened for uh, Amouage Interlude, where Amouage Interlude, I still don't quite understand why it's so popular among other people, because when I put it on, uh, it has this massive base of very dry, churchy incense that 
I don't know if I find super appealing, but I sure know that other people probably wouldn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so no matter how much I like interlude, man, it's not something I'm going to wear around to other people. But when I wasn't thinking about that and it became just about my reaction, interlude man went from something I really started out liking like five years ago and fell off my radar because I didn't think it was appealing to others. And now it's back to one of my favorite fragrances that I have. I mean, I have my own thoughts about Creed and Aventus, and I have already shared them on multiple episodes of Sartorial Splendors, so I won't go into that. But I do want to mention, you did not start the year off overly impressed with Montal. And right Mm -hmm. now you are just, I don't know how to describe what you are with Montal. (laughs) Slightly obsessed. No, no, just straight up obsessed with Montal. Like neither of us really were impressed with Montal. We were we kind of came into the year 2020. We were like, eh, we've tried a couple of theirs and they're okay. And then I guess we just hit the magic <laughs> fragrances mm-hmm. that for whatever reason clicked with us. And we're like, oh, these are really good. And they're actually far more on the affordable side of things as well. So that's also a plus. Yeah. But absolutely. beyond Montal, um, I think and- for me, I started out the year. I was still, I've been really high on the Labo's Bergamot 22 for some years now. And I was still really high on them when I started the year. And then I finally broke down and got some clones because I was doing a Clone Wars article and I was wanting to compare them. And I was like, for this particular fragrance, it is very easy to get within 95% of matching mm-hmm. for pennies on the dollar comparatively. And I'm just like, it's not that I dislike the scent or I don't like it anymore, but it's more of a matter of I could, A, I have a ton of it from the clones. B, I know I can get it for like $40 compared to a hundred, close to 200 something. So that's, that's kind of what knocked B22 down for me. And then also about mid-March, I was really high on Initio's side effects and now this year i'm just kind of like eh i'm probably going to give my decant of that away mm-hmm. yeah that that house i know got uh i we're pretty i consider us almost anti hype like if something is <laughs> well not almost i think we're both kind of solidly in that camp of if something gets a lot of attention it usually doesn't appeal to us we're contrarian um, is the problem <laughs> and it's not even that it was the hype for me for side effects so much is I don't know, maybe my sniffer has changed, but now when I first got it, it wasn't too sweet for me, but now mm-hmm. it's just almost nauseatingly sweet. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's what's interesting is that that house um, and like how how we kind of change. It's it's really, in, yeah, it's, it's almost like a reverse hype, at least for me, where if I like something from a popular house or something that is popular, like... It, it's like, a, I like it even more because that usually isn't something that's in my wheelhouse to follow these trends. And things, even th- things that you feel like really fit you can change and shift completely away from your attention, no matter how, how that initial process seems to go. And I think that's, that is something that I experienced at least a lot with Montal because Montal is something I came into contact with five years ago when I, when I was studying abroad and I got to visit their boutique in Paris and I walked into the Montal store. I smelled a couple of things that I thought I was supposed to like, like the Black Aoud, which is really popular, um, Blue Amber and Atar. Got some travel sprays, came out. Never wore those things for years because it, 
I like felt the initial peel when I was in the store, but when I came back to my, to my apartment, it was never something that I reached for. And I almost, and I even disliked some of them, but then Montal was something I grew into far, far long um, after I'd actually come into that initial contact. And I've seen that happen uh, the reverse where Tuscan leather is something I used to really love from Tom Ford. And that's grown off me this year too, because I found so many other leathers that I like, and maybe I've just kind of grown past it. Well, and for me is, and John knows this cause I've waxed poetic to them. I don't know how long I think around September, October, I fell into the, I want to explore some like old school off the beaten path colognes. Mm-hmm. And I like hit that super hard so john's been there when i've been like oh here's these other all these other fougeres and i'm sure they've been like how many fougeres do you need (laughs) but i've fallen you know into that really hard like the the portugals the the barber shops the mediterraneans like all of those kind of old school flavor colognes or the indie flavor kind of cologne You, you know the type i'm talking about right yes absolutely so I have just, I don't know why, but it's just like I swan dived off that cliff into that lake and I have yet to come out. So I've also been exploring some older, more quote unquote vintage since. And used to be, I was like eh, on Eau Sauvage, not Sauvage, like <laughs> the old school one, the EDT, the toilette. And I was just like, fine, I'll order 50 mil. It's cheap enough. It's, it's, it's whatever. I can always give this on if I don't like it. And boy, did that decide to just like light up my brain because now I have 150 milliliters of it. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those scents that I remember smelling really early in my fragrance journey um, because yeah, Dior has to be one of the most hyped men's designer houses. And when you're the, those like for Grantica and base note ratings tend to be very high, but I remember being like kind of iffy about so many of the masculine doors, but Eau Sauvage has this, yeah, this simultaneously very old school and very fresh and, and like timeless quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something I could easily see myself getting some of as well. And I, it is really cool to hear those, those sort of like transformations and how they can occur. Yeah, and I think it's just, I don't know if it's because I completely oversaturate myself in one genre and I just like have to go binge another genre. But for whatever reason, like the last quarter of 2020 for me has been all about those kind of classic reinventing some old school, re-embracing some old school scents. Mm-hmm. And because I remember like towards the middle of the year, John, if you remember, I was like all about boozy scents. Yep, yeah. And now I'm kind of like, oh, they're nice. I still like Enigma slash Creation E. That's still amazing. I still have some other boozy scents as well that I think, you know, um, Lubin. I told mm-hmm. the Lubin, you know, I've still got some boozy scents that I really enjoy, but I, I don't regret having them and I still wear them. They're just not what I'm currently into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've I've kind of gone the way of, at first I thought I was going to be really into these very well-regarded resinous sense and i i mean it's it, this was just because i think i struck on some resinous sense like interlude man which i still think is very singular after smelling so many other ones um i'd i'd smelled some resinous sense that i really liked and i got a bunch of the samples from lucky scent and liked almost none of them that well 
um, with a, with a couple of exceptions, but I thought I was basically getting myself like 13 new fra- favorite fragrances and ended up with like two. I was that quite interested worst. in and 11. I was like, whatever on. That is the worst. Like when you order a big sample round and then you strike out on almost all of them, it's just like, meh. <laughs> yeah, not great. It's demotivating. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, it's demotivating. I had a very similar experience where I was like, there's a lot of boozy resinous scent, uh, fragrances that I got from Lucky Scent. And then I was like, no, I don't like them. And I've <laughs> really, really moved away from Amber Scents this year. I don't know why. It's just a lot of the stuff I've smelled this year has been, to me, it feels, the smell texture is just, it's sticky tacky. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it. My far more rewarding experiences this year were um, based on houses. And I I found myself more and more interested in not necessarily comparing genres, just because I think, yeah, partially because of that demotivating experience, but also because with indie houses, having a single perfumer mm-hmm. try, try a range of ideas gives you an insight into not only how, how those different ideas can be executed and like whether or not you enjoy those ideas, but also on how a single artist might think. And it's really, um, it's really exciting because while I'm, I don't really plan on creating my own fragrances anytime soon, just to be able to get more of the mindset of, of an artist with a more personal experience like that with Olympic orchids or even with the art direction of Victor Wong with zoologist. Those well, you know, we got to talk killing. to Chad on Sartorial Splendor. We got to talk to Chad of Ajay de Curel. Um, he's up out of the Pacific Northwest. Did I say Pacific mm-hmm. or specific? I, I heard That's specific. Okay. <laughs> he, he's up in the Seattle-ish area. Um, you know, I have a full bottle and two travel sizes of some of his uh, work that I really enjoy, but like Eau de Cologne, I went through a travel size of that. I just got a 50 mil of that over the Black Friday Cyber Monday weekend from him. I have, I think, travel set, travel sizes of blacklisted number one and blacklisted number three. And then I've got a little sample of his uh, Severin Parfum. So that's probably going to be on my list next year, too. But it was really nice to be able to talk to Chad to, you know, see where he comes from what he draws his inspiration from, what is important to him mm-hmm. in what he's doing. Um, you know, I got to talk to Tyreek from Anaxis Perfumes as well. And where did he start out? Where did he get his inspiration from? What does he learn from doing all of this? And then, you know, you and I have gone on a bit of an Olympic orchids tear. We went through Chatillon Lux. We've gone through... Mm-hmm. I, I am a big fo- Foley. I'm going to call him Foley. It's probably Folier and I'm butchering the name, but I'm going to call him Foley. <laughs> um, I have found them out this year. I now have way too many bottles of their stuff. I know there's two more I still want to get in this next year. It's just obviously you don't buy stuff for you in December. That's just not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still two or three different fragrances I still want to pick up from that house. I got onto that house. I vibed with them heavy. And John has heard me wax poetic about Foley for way too long. But I think it's also really cool. And I, I mean, obviously, I I go on the same sort of tears with whatever I happen to run into that connects with me. But it is, it's really interesting once you get to know fragrances quite well from having those 
tester bottles like I do of the Foley bottles Mm -hmm. and to understand like not only the signature of the house as I understand it, which for for me fully, what I often get out of their sense is um, they have very, very unique sort of funky aspects to them that don't fall in those usual categories, like the funk of the old books or the funk of the skin sense. They are very hard to categorize. They do not easily fall into a fragrance family. They're very much, we're going to take master perfumers and we're going to let them run wild. Right. And you can tell that these these scents are both both like very honed and and there's there are genius noses behind them and also that they have been pulled in challenging directions that mm-hmm. also have unique relationships to our memory and I know the scent and memory is a cliche at this point but it re- there really is something about fully in the way they approach these human like interesting funky aspects that make them make them more prone to having those those memory associations at least for me and i think knowing and hearing the way you've talked about them has helped me understand your taste in scent better and i think that's a really cool experience too with sharing scent that's come across this year at least um for me and some some of my friends that i've been able to share that with oh i would definitely agree well and you know everybody has certain things they value more in a fragrance as well Mm -hmm. some people it's you know Again, like I've talked about, fragrance is probably the strongest scent or uh, memory trigger of all of our senses. Mm -hmm. So for some people, it's I wear it because I enjoy it, but I also really enjoy the memories I get from it. For some people, it's I wear this and I'm making myself some new memories. And for some people, I wear it because it smells good and that's all I care about, Mm -hmm. you know. Or I wear this and it makes me feel good about myself. Everybody has different reasons or it could be a mishmash of all, all of them. But getting to know, like, what about a specific fragrance somebody really pings on, I think, has been very eye-opening. And I think it really kind of expands what your understanding of a fragrance can be. Yeah, absolutely. Do we want to talk about, hit like, specific hits and misses of this year? Yes. Why don't we go ahead and do that before we spend our entire hour off on a tangent (laughs) (laughs) so i've i've talked a bit about houses that i've really liked um olympic orchids being massive and i just wrote a a a house overview on that uh zoologist was really fun this year too although it didn't have quite the staying power that i expected and then montal being my latest my latest house i've really dived into mostly because they're they're very simple but very powerful and focused at the same time and powerful, focused, simple has always been an aesthetic uh, that I've been drawn, drawn to in any kind of art. More specifically, um, aside from Nightingale, which I've already ex- already hit on, um, some of the fragrances that I've really, really enjoyed this year have been the Leathers, which I've hinted at, being 1740, which is that immortal leather from Histoire State Parfums, which is at once very reminiscent of certain leather goods, but also daring in a way that I don't know if Histoire is quite nails because I know they associate 1740 with Marquis de Sade and more risque elements. But for me, it's much more about goods and and like vision again, like kind of like what I said with Montal, but this being a completely different vision. But 1740 being a leather that I've really, really, really drawn close to over time and has now completely booted off uh, Tuscan leather off the shelf for me as far as what leather I want to stick with. 
I think as far as leathers go for me this year, I really enjoy the, the top two for me this year are terrible Teddy from Penhaligans. And then also one that Amina had discussed on her Instagram that I discovered from her and it was Leviathan from Barrister and man. And that one is mm. challenging. It is good. I enjoyed it as my specific taste, but I will say that one is very challenging. Terrible Teddy is a much easier wear for people who want to wear a leather fragrance with a little bit of a spark to it, mm -hmm. but isn't going to be as in your face. My other very much ca the category, which I'm constantly searching in because it doesn't come to me naturally are fresh and summery scents, which I think, I have overall five that I've ever smelled that interests me that much. And so I found one more this year, which I really, really have enjoyed, which is Luminist by Frappen? 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 We're Maybe go I'm Frappen. overthinking it. Y'all can go. We have a Fragcom section, a Fragcom channel in our community Discord. Y'all can go yell at us for how badly we're mispronouncing things Please. in there. <laughs> it's Yes, I would like to have more activity in that channel, personally. Um, yeah, no, I remember you smelled that one, and you seemed to really enjoy it. I think I sent you a little decant of speakeasy from that house, too. Was mm -hmm. that you, or did I send it to I quite like that as well. Okay, that was you. Um, yeah, I remember you really liked that one. Yes, it. I didn't expect it, because I personally have never... Like, those notes don't really speak to me very much. People always associate Luminist with... Uh, the gin note and the juniper and the lemon. And it's not like those things aren't there, but for me, Luminous is just a very vibrant, um, a, a very vibrant, strong personality that veers away from your normal citrus aquatic sense and also dries down to something that is, is like very pleasantly reminiscent of the musky citruses from the late nineties, which is ingrained in my memory as, as someone who grew up during that time. And I think mm -hmm. it's just a really nice balance and something I'll see myself wearing a lot of in the coming in the coming years yeah like for me as opposed to John I actually quite enjoy citrus scents like the Mediterraneans like all of that I just got GOF Trumpers of Portugal this year I think I got it's like 150 mil bottle because I can't help myself but <laughs> I actually quite enjoy like I love bergamot I love bergamot. I love neroli. I love orange blossom. I love pettit grain. Like all of that stuff, I want it. That said, if I had to choose a challenging wheelhouse for me, it's still going to always default to the white florals. And it's mm -hmm. because I'm so migraine prone to them. But I did find one that has a very prominent lily note this year. And it's from um, Ariza L. Legrand. Mm -hmm. uh, Relique d'Amour and it's kind of like it's like um, how do I think those kind of older cathedrals where they leave flowers laying out mm -hmm. that's kind of what it is I really really like it it doesn't give me a headache um, normally I can hardly wear a lily at all but it works for me and I went to their website they at that time had a really good deal of like if you buy a hundred milliliter bottle you get a free 50 milliliter bottle so I also got myself some horizon which is a resinous scent I actually really enjoy but it, it's nice I think when you make those discoveries of something I thought I could never wear and you find that one that works for you yeah absolutely and uh, I'll I'll 
I'll go with my last big hit this year, which I'm going to prepare a review on sometime in the near future. Um, and I just mentioned it today. But the the most challenging scent that I immediately gravitated towards, uh, it, it reminded me quite of my music experiences where I'll hit on a genre that I find really challenging, but know that there's more than meets the eye and that I can develop a relationship with something challenging over time. I had the same experience when I smelled uh, Tropic of Capricorn by Olympic Orchids, which is a massively animalic fruity floral scent that is, it, it almost veers too hard in every direction possible for me. Like it's almost too animalic. It's almost too bright and floral. It's almost too sickly sweet fruity with the mango. Um, but somehow the balance holds and I enjoy that tension so much. And it's quickly becoming one of my favorite fragrances to wear for myself. I would say if I had one other big hitter this year, before we do like our overall favorite, I would mm-hmm. say Kafka on the shore or Kafka by the shore from Foley. Mm-hmm. I think for me would be my other really big discovery, quote unquote, this year. I do say, I will say, I will say, John and I, if we have a combined honorable mention of not fragrance of the year, but honorable mention of you should check this out of the year, I think it's Hyrax from Zoologist. <laughs> yes, easy. <laughs> John and I both discovered that we have, I don't know why, but we have a shared obsession with Hyracium. <laughs> It's, it's great. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's so, it has that personality Yeah, that I, I love. It has a personality for me that it's got its own kind of funk, but it's not like the bad funk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've been very drawn to Animalics this year. So I, I'm struggling to think of a particular, I mean, I guess I've tried, I've recently come across a lot of Animalics scents that I love. So thankfully, bad animalics are kind of distant from memory, but the good ones from Olympic and Zoologist, yeah, I've been enjoying them a lot. So if, okay, so your biggest hit for 2020, if you can only pick one, I'll go first. For me, it's absolutely hands down Kafka. That is my perfume mm-hmm. of the year. Mine, mine would have to be, <clears throat> I hate saying this because it's so popular. I mean, that's my, that's the contrary in me, but it has to be Portrait of a Lady um, by Mall, which I haven't, which I'll just mentioned in brief very familiar to probably a lot of people listening to this if you're already engaged in fragrance but if it's not it goes in these two opposite directions of extremely dark and spicy with patchouli and clove but it has a gorgeous rose note that's very feminine at the same time and it just these two different directions of portrait of a lady being balanced so well having this sort of dual split personality that somehow synthesized at the same time i really can't get enough of it and it's also refreshing to me because Rose Oud is the big is the big trend, but Portrait of a Lady skirts that with the Rose Patchouli, and I think it does the idea behind a lot of these Rose Ouds better than the actual Rose Ouds. So lots of points for Portrait of a Lady across the board. Okay, so biggest miss. Oh, I mean, I can easily, I can point to my lowest score, which was that when I tried the Bond number nine line for my Bond number nine review, I ran into Hamptons, and <laughs> I never want to smell it again and that's because it's it's not only to me it's not only hideously screechy and unpleasant but it is it is the most it's the most creativity devoid fragrance i've ever smelled in my life and i think that's probably going to hopefully that will remain so for at least the next couple years so for me it is not mfk baccarat rouge 540 shockingly 
Mm-hmm. It's still one of the worst fragrance experiences of my life, but that's not the biggest miss for me this year. Because the, for me, a big miss is, you know, what was something I was kind of hyped out on, like mm-hmm. that I read and I thought would be good and I thought would fit with me and wound up being disappointing that like it wound up joining that I have to wash this off with my ivory Irish spring club. <laughs> yeah. And that wound up being a surge off. Lake Capital. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, I, I understand it overwhelmed me too, but go on. That is so strong. And I have a problem with some of the surge offs also just turning on me and becoming this weird kind of like smoky, salty rubber methane thing. Mm-hmm. So it turned on me and it smelled like that, except with like fruit. Yeah. And it was just, and the the problem was, even with a Tide Pod, I even cracked a Tide Pod to try and get this off. At least Baccarat Rouge came off with the Tide Pod. I was stuck <laughs> with LC for a good 13 hours. That, I, I had a similar experience where at first it went on and I was like, oh, these are, these are kind of like a, this is a lovely top note composition. Like it's very aggressive. Yeah, for the and first bright. 20 minutes, it's great. And then everything <laughs> turns into a horror show. Yes, it's way too much. Um, I would like to, I'll add a quick, uh, very sad honorable mention for my other, from my other bottom, which is not near close. Like it's not even close to one of the worst things I smelled this year. But I've been hyped for years to try Musk's Kublai Khan by Serge Luton's, which is a legendary musk fragrance. So it's supposed to be super animalic. And I got it. And it was a it was like a little powder powdery, uh, barely musky thing that I didn't I I couldn't even half associate with the reputation it had. And I've I've since learned that it's possibly due to reformulation. But thankfully, soon after that, I tried Hyrax and things were saved. <laughs> I think if I were to have an honorable mention, it would probably just one that I was disappointed in that I, that wasn't necessarily, I have to scrub this off, but one that I wanted to enjoy and wound up not liking so much. Um, probably be the blazing Mr. Sam from Penhaligans. I really mm. wanted to like that one. It wasn't like nightmare scrub off times, but I was disappointed because I really did want to like that one. Yeah, that's that's how I felt about the musk. That said, uh, let's keep going through the favorites and misses. Um, best designer fragrance for you this year? Um, best designer fragrance. There was, and I I have my my notebook here, so it won't take me very long to find. But the the if it qualifies as designer, which I really wouldn't say it does uh sycamore from chanel their uh exclusive line i mean sycamore is just they're still designer it's like the tom ford private blend it's high-end stuff but it's still a designer label yeah i i would definitely pick sycamore by chanel for my favorite because the idea i i tried uncre noir very early um in my fragrance journey and i liked it i liked the idea behind it but it had this it's the way it doesn't compromise and has that very inky darkness to it to the Mm -hmm. woods i don't find very appealing and sycamore just fixed everything that i wanted out of encre noir and also and just added 
added this bright, beautiful set of top notes that lasts a long time. And I, I really couldn't ask more for a slightly smoky, very classy woods fragrance. See, that's funny you say Chanel because mine is also a Chanel fragrance. Uh, fragrance. I tried Blue de Chanel Parfum and absolutely loved it and got a hundred milliliter bottle of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I prefer it to the EDT and the EDP. Out of all of those, the Parfum is definitely, in my opinion, far and away a highlight. I think mm-hmm. it would fit pretty much anybody's collection. For, for me, it's got that citrus element I really like, like a really intense citrus element, but there's yeah. so much depth to it. That one has, or- is that orange rind? That's the one that has orange rind in it? I don't remember off the top of my head. Sorry. Oh, I. I they I'm can come gonna... yell at us in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I remember that. Oh, it's lemon zest. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Really quickly, so we can, because we are running out of time. Mm-hmm. Best trend from 2020 and trends we hope go away in 2022. My, and this, this is only slightly a trend, but at least with my experience, my favorite trend, and I, again, I'm not sure this is a trend, but I'm, you know what, I'm going to say it anyway. I think there is a rising in like independent, new brand of, of reviewer and influencer that I'm seeing on the internet where people, as, as disappointed as I am to see a lot of the mainstays when I first got into fragrance, uh, mainstays and fragrance YouTube go this really weird chilly route and lose a lot of integrity. And then also just like the clickbaity style of communication. It really is distasteful to me. I feel like I've can, I'm continuously seeing smaller creators and smaller reviewers who are just excellent and are banding together and are constantly supporting each other on social media. And I think this, this is sort of a trend where people are moving. There's like a rising independent voice um, mm-hmm. and a, a more positive community. So that's, that's gotta be my number, number one thing that I've, that's sort of trend that I've seen in 2020 that I really like. That you enjoy? Yeah. That okay. I think is great. <laughs> um, for me, I think it kind of goes a little bit along with yours. It's the rise of more of these very distinct indie houses. Yes. I have really enjoyed the rise of the indie house of people who aren't quote unquote master perfumers taught at the European schools or whatever, but they just are so passionate about fragrance that they study and they try 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 and they they learn that way. And they start producing some very bold creative fragrances that are kind of counterculture to what is popular in niche or designer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of, they're doing their own thing and they're coming out with creativity and, you know, emphasizing notes that people maybe haven't really emphasized in a long time. Um, Like I talked about Eau de Cologne with Chad on Aje de Carrel with Peppermint, what he does with that. So I think for me, that's what I've been really excited to see in 2020 um like Ajay de Carrel, Maya Njai, um Olympic Orchids, just all of these kind of independent perfumers are really starting to break out and gain traction and have more people get their noses on their work. Mhm. I I mean I completely agree that I I can't every time you you list a positive um 
attribute about that i think of olympic orchids just because i am currently obsessed with them but that's absolutely true just yeah ellen covey's doing some fantastic work yeah and then the, the stuff i've received like from chateau and lux and blackbird i've also recently reviewed and very much enjoyed fully obviously doing a great job too definitely definitely enjoying that trend for sure as well okay so what do you hope stays in the 2020 dustbin um i think my single most disappointing moment of this year was seeing the relatively wide lack of response and support from fragrance companies and houses for the BLM movement. And I understand that BLM is divisive to like, especially in the commercial industry where people are quote unquote, trying not to alienate their base, but there was a lot of base. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to say it. They don't want to alienate the racist customers. Yeah. And I think I just, if we can leave anything behind in 2020, it would be, if you're, if you're in an art sector, I think you have an extra responsibility to speak out on issues that are affecting people because at least to me, art is about connection to, to humanity and we need to celebrate and raise up every bit of that humanity. And you can't just sit on the, sit on the sidelines and ignore um, a huge chunk of people when it the time is right to to stand up. So if we can leave anything behind 2020, it would be fragrance companies standing on the sidelines for their own convenience, not to alienate racist consumers. Well, I can't give the same answer, though. Our overall arching answer would be, you know, put your money where your mouth is. If you're going to happily take money from certain groups of people, then you need to support certain groups of people, not mm-hmm. just that group of people. So basically yeah. what John said, uh, but also it's like, there's, I know there's some companies that they will gladly take, you know, money from people of color, but it, they're crickets when it comes to people of color asking them, Hey, can you come support us? Mm-hmm. But if we have to have like a separate answer, like two answers, I guess honorable mention would be for the love of God, find another note besides Ood. <laughs> Yeah, A, stop being racist. Stop catering to the racists. B, on the lesser level, obviously, this is not the most important one, but on a lesser level, find a different fucking note. Yeah, for me, the oud is... I And I say this as someone who's enjoyed several oud fragrances, and even the ones that would be... I like um, a good oud too, but my goodness, <laughs> enough is enough. There are certain things that do not need oud in them. Yeah, I mean blue sapphire anyone but <laughs> i just i'm i'm ready to see i mean i i appreciate um a company like fragrance dubois being able to sell quality products for higher prices but i would like to see i would like to see people go all in on something else you know not just one note yeah um so yeah things we enjoyed things we want to change Obviously, I think our biggest one is we want to build a more inclusive community, and that includes the houses, the reviewers, the buyers, you know, from top to bottom. That is, I think, what we would primarily have our biggest goal, especially with Sartorial Splendor. It's like we want to bring everybody to the table. Absolutely. You know, everybody deserves a seat at the table, and until everybody gets a seat at the table, we still have some work to do. Yeah, I, I can only just echo echo that exact sentiment. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully being a part of in the in these coming years uh, through our coverage of Fundamentals and through Sartorial Splendor. So with all of that being said, uh, we have 
been here for a while you've listened to us ramble uh thank you guys for supporting this show when we started it john and i were kind of just like well we want to ramble even more about things we like to people who like the same things um i know it has been very fragrance heavy for this year we will be moving more into like some tailoring fashion watches hopefully we get a few guests to talk about fountain pens next year which I know nerd, but I'm excited <laughs> for them. Um, Gids is actually going to be coming back to talk with us about spring fashion as well. So I'm super excited for him to come back. I have a few more guests that are going to be surprises, but I am very happy with some of the guests we have. John will hopefully be back. <laughs> yes, I will. I will absolutely be more, more available next Uh, this coming year (laughs) i'm very excited about that but you know we are very happy and appreciative about the support you've given us so far um thank you for all the guests we have had this year um amina kia manahil jennifer sonia gids thank all of you for you know joining us i know amina has done double duty uh chad like i said earlier in the episode uh, did an, uh, an episode with us as well, really let us pick the brain behind a nose of a house. So for all of you who have guested with us, thank you for coming on and joining us. Uh, for all of you who will return to guest with us and who have, for some reason, agreed to guest with us in the future, thank <laughs> you as well. Don't forget to check out the other uh, podcasts on our Fundamentals Network. We have the Fundamentalist Unabashed Book Snobbery, Ladies first, obviously, Sartorial Splendor. That's Haram, All Bark, No Dice. And we also have Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics and a weekly live play TTRPG show, uh, Fae Forge Academy. They're a really good group of folks. Uh, They're up every Friday, so I recommend you guys check them out as well. That's it for us for 2020. It will be another year. I got to make that joke. I'm such a dad. It'll be another year. maybe really like three weeks before you hear from us, but we will be back in 2021. We're excited for all the content we have. Um, We are excited for our sartorial content written wise as well. I think John has some exciting ideas for that. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited to showcase some stuff and continue things that I've already been excited about. (laughs) Yes. So 2020, you know, assuming we're all still here and it lets us go into that good night and 2021 comes in. We'll have some exciting things to continue doing and bring to the table, and we hope to see you there. In the meantime, have a happy holiday and stay safe, y'all.